space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Greetings. And how are we all doing, guys? Yeah, all right. Very good. Get ready for the uh, next American Civil War kicking off any week now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it all pans I'm... out. But um... I've missed the news since the election. Everything went smoothly after that, yeah? I think so, oh, yeah. Couldn't have gone any smoother. No, there's going to be... I can imagine only that uh, uh, President Trump handled his defeat with good grace. Yeah. It, well, did. It, it couldn't have been more courteous if he tried. Well, he hasn't no, no, no. He, he hasn't been defeated, so I don't know what defeat you're, you're referring to. It's... I've been watching that liberal news again. Ah, the fake news. The fake news media, yeah. Um, no, no, he's, um, he's doing fine and he just um, needs to prove some things and then it'll all, it'll all be good. In fact, I think in this episode of Discovery, you saw that Trump was still the President of the United States in 1396 <laughs> or whatever it is. So... I think what, what we're going to find is that, like, actually somehow... His tweet rate becomes the burn. That wouldn't oh, surprise could me. Be. It yeah. becomes a uh, by the by the time of discovery. Fairy time, fairy time. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the time of uh, discovery's time, I think his uh, his tweets will have developed ascensions. So by the time that the, the burn happens, it just wipes everything out. So the defeated couldn't control, but they couldn't defeat the power of Twitter. So, <laughs> and and oh, don't even get me started on what it's doing to control. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so this episode, uh, Die Train, it's called, and directed by, and again, they they, they do try me with these pronunciations, and <laughs> I apologise wholeheartedly to anyone whose name I mispronounce. Um, Mayor Vrivilla directed this one, who also directed Perpetual Infinity from last year. Um, so this is definitely the go-to director for killing off underdeveloped secondary characters. And <laughs> directed a couple from Picard, um, Broken Pieces, which I think was the big info dump one just before the finale. And The Impossible Box, which was the cool one where it all kicked off and everything. So, also direct Runaway, the short Trek. So, director with some good good Star Trek stock there. Written by, and it seems like what we're doing is elevating this season, the staff writers. Uh, so, we've got James Duff and Sean Cochran, who have both worked as story editors, senior story editors... Um, but I think this might be the first one that's just credited to them. Um, I mean, one thing I will say is, like, it is a wonder that Discovery is really as great as it is, seeing as it, how much it burns through writers and producers and everything. Whoa. It should be a train wreck on the scale we've never seen <laughs> in Star Trek. And we've had some, like, you know, you've, everyone's seen that documentary, uh, 
Chaos on the Bridge about the, yeah. the early times of Next Generation. And there were some ropey episodes, let's face it, in those early series. This should be a mess, but how it has become such a good show. It's a different show every series, it seems, but there yeah. are some threads amongst it. Well, the answer might be in people like this. These two writers this episode have been on board since the start and they've they, they've been story editors, script editors. So whatever's going on above the surface, these guys are sort of down in the trenches, as it were, hammering the scripts together every yeah, week. Yeah, I so. think there's a bit of con- continuity going on where you've got, even though people aren't credited maybe every episode, yeah. they're involved in the story process well, that all the way through. So you're getting that, yeah, that, that continuation, which is on. it's a good thing when you're doing long long storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean we'll get into obviously this episode, but like you just said there, Squeak, it's kind of a different show every season and this season I think so far, even though, you know, it is serialized, uh, and we are telling this ongoing story, but I think it's so far it's been the the episodes have been the most standalone that we've seen in Discovery. Like, I think you could take any of these five episodes so far and watch them in isolation without missing too much. And I yeah, don't I've, think that's I've, been true of previous I think years. maybe learned a lesson. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, I think stylistically we're getting more episodes that are more evocative of, um, sort of the first like golden age of Star Trek, you know, when we had TNG, Voyager, DS9 all going on. And I, I think these episodes do sort of fit more into that mould. We're sort of almost getting a case of the week thing or a planet of the week thing. And we're I think, resolving I think it. what you've got is like you all you need is that, that little previously on Star Trek. That mm. that just helps you set the scene for like we're in this new future time, Federation's a bit decimated. Go. Like that's all you need to know yeah. to enjoy these episodes. You know, you need a little bit of that. But not much at all. Well, that was that's weird because I, I was listening to um, Garrett Wong and um, Robert Duncan McNeil do their own podcast where they go back and rewatch Voyager. And right. one of the things that they called out in one of their recent ones was that there was a previously on, and they were like, "This is halfway through season two and they're like, "Whoa, have we ever done a previously on before?" And it it shows <laughs> it shows how much TV's evolved from then till now because now every show has a previously on and quite often you need about 20 minutes of previously on to yeah. bring you sometimes yeah the last two series of discovery like you know but i don't think that was a bad thing i think no, they no. told a really great ongoing story now they're going for like you can just enjoy this on the side you, yeah i mean it helps if you know a bit of background but that's it and I think we'll also probably see that as the season goes on, it will lean more heavily into the serialisation because that that did also happen in the first couple of seasons. I mean, they were, they were more serialised than this has been from the off, but there were still standalones in the first halves of the seasons, but they got more and more serialised as they went along. So we, we shall see. Um so, yeah, so we start off, and I think this is a first for Discovery. I may be wrong. We get a captain's log from the captain to start oh, the episode. Wait. Yeah. Just so anyone's in no doubt, we're going to spoil the crap. <coughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going we're to leave no stone. I think, I think our regular re- listeners 
are probably used to. We drop the odd spoiler now. Yeah, just now and again. Someone's, <laughs> just in case someone t- just tunes in now, no, like spoiler. Alert. Yes, we are. We're, yeah. we're going all out. Um, so yeah, a captain's log from the captain to start the episode. And again, this is something. Almost every single episode of Next Gen DS9, the original series, Voyager, it feels like almost every episode starts with a captain's log, but very rare have we had that on Discovery. I mean, I can't hand on heart say that we never got a pipe captain's log to start an episode, but I don't feel like we did. This felt like something new, and I like it. I like that. Saru's the captain yeah. in these opening episodes now. And, and, and yeah. what better time to do it than when they return to the Federation after 900 plus years? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the you thing, might have isn't it? Too to say this about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will, but it's good. No, no, sorry. I mean, they might have something to do nah. you know, in a captain's log of it. True. <laughs> um, so it, it's good that it gets right into it as well. We, we knew the end of the last episode, it was Adira's got the information. And we're not wasting any time with it. We could have had a bit where it's, oh, tell me this, Adira, and okay, let's try and track that, and there's a comic going over here that we need to follow the tale of, and they could have easily strung this out for another episode if they wanted to. You know, they could have gone to the coordinates and it's moved. And we could have done that, but we've not done it. It's very focused, and we get that. Yeah, well, well, we had that last season, didn't we, when they were looking for Spock? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He moved for... I don't know how many episodes in a row that we thought we were going to see in <laughs> seven. Yeah. So yeah. I think that they've learnt a few lessons. Yes. From themselves, and I think that's also why we're seeing these. They're not episodic, but you can watch them individually. Yeah. That they've learnt that they need to do that with Star Trek. People like watching Star Trek that way. Yeah, they do. May I, may I even add that possibly for me. If anything, I would have, um, like, we finally do find the Federation and they do go to it and they're not teasing us for once. I think you should have teased, like, the events out of this episode over at least a two-parter. Mm. And for me, like, I'll explore more as we go into it, but considering this is a show which has teased us so much over so many series about kind of, like, mysteries, I feel like this is one where... Well- Discovering the Federation and what the Federation is now could have easily sustained a two-parter where it kind of like, you know, all the stuff of uh, the Federation not trusting them and then suddenly trusting them, which we'll get into as we go on. I, I think you could have had one, like, episode of mistrust and then get gaining trust in the second episode. Yeah, I think though that, like I was saying, sort of stylistically were more like TNG, DS9, that sort of thing. And that is what you'd get in an episode of those shows. It would be there would be a problem at the start of the episode that would be resolved by the end of the episode. And it, I think it's indicative of the fact that they are leaning uh, into that. I'm not saying I don't agree with you. I think no, I, I think, think this should. I think more. this shows more like the Federation that we want to see. That the Federation will trust them after to solve a problem. Yes. I mean, I guess my feeling was just that it's the way they're doing the story. Like the reason why I think I I, I love what you. Saying about that, that Jim and uh, you earlier, but for me, it's just the fact that because they like to go into these big emotional speeches, these big emotional moments, uh, I think that takes up some time. Mm. And if you're going to do that, you can't then suddenly have like, we don't trust you, 
you've said some nice speech. We trust you. Like, I don't think it fits this as well as it does Next Generation. Next Generation was great. Like, All Good Things is a prime example. With one speech, you believe that Picard talked them into sacrificing their life as a new crew. Like, yeah. You know, in one, I, I bought it's... that a lot better than in this, where they take so long to pull out so many things. And that was a short conversation. It just didn't seem to fit in their mold. Yeah. I think, though, I think we are going to see it... It, a bit more felt out the relationship between them over the next few episodes. Like, I, I don't yeah. think it's cut and dried. Um, I think that the I think that they've won some trust. I don't think that they're hundred percent trusted by the end of the episode. No. I think there'll still be. I mean, a lot, a lot to come, and I think the clues are in the episode that they don't hundred percent trust them. Because mm. like they ask about the bird, but even by the end of it. Starfleet aren't giving them any information. So there is still that wall of distrust. Yeah, I mean, it's implied that Starfleet don't know. Um, But yeah, but they don't, because the captain, the admiral, sorry, kind of dismisses it, doesn't he? So it doesn't matter if I tell you what I think because we aren't going to improve. So I want to hear it. The Admiral, which I have nicknamed Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, because that's all he should be referred to as. He is <laughs> yeah. a silver fox, and I'm not having anyone to Oh, me. we could call him Admiral Vance, as is his name. Oh, silver Daddy Bear, I think, works for me. And it's the this was one of these ones, it was driving me mad that I knew I recognised this guy, but I couldn't place him. 24. And it's what, sorry? He's been in 24, hasn't he? More than likely. Everybody's been in 24, but... Um, Especially he, Middle Eastern actors, let's be He's honest. probably best known. He was in the Mummy films, the Brendan Fraser Mummy films. He was the Magi guy who <laughs> was kind of the sidekicky kind of... Um, uh, with the actor's name's Oded Fair. And, yeah, it was one of them where I'm like, I know him, I know him. And I think it's because he didn't have his long hair that he had in the Mummy films that I didn't recognise him. But... Um, <laughs> He's a very good actor for this role, I think, because he's got that ambiguity about him. You could believe this is a bad guy, but you could believe this is a good guy. And I think that this role needs a bit of mystique to it, certainly at the moment. You know when you've been naughty and Silver Daddy Bear isn't happy with you. Well, that's <laughs> it. Oh yeah, so Silver Daddy Bear's got it, got it going on. I think he needs to have a think about the layout of his office. You know, it's kind of we've got the sick bay right there, and we've we've got it. Really, you've got that there. You just bring <laughs> these people in and stick them down. But fair enough. If that's the way he wants to roll, then you know that's the way. Well, what's that sick bay? Because they did say that they were doing triage in the corridors. No, true, true. So they were dealing with these people literally over the entire station. But, but yeah, but why yeah. are they do? You wouldn't have thought it'd be in the command centre, but anyway, maybe it all moves <laughs> though because it was all very organic and things were anyway. Much as we're jumping about, let's we'll go back to with Mister with Mister Major. Sorry, bit. It's my fault. I always do this to you. No, not at all. Uh, it's just there's so much going on in this one that you do kind of want to... Uh, but we've we've missed the major bit where they first go in and we get the ships, which is very I, nice to see. What else do we get, most importantly? We get... Oh, yes. We get our old friend, Frank. I think this is this counts as track, track news. Absolutely. As and anyone who's been listening... listening... Frank, is this a mortal being who kind of like... <laughs> 
every time there is a starship launch, every time a young cadet has a dream, there is Frank, the spaceman. He just appears from the shot. If you look at the classic films and The Next Generation, you always yep. see this guy floating He's out. there like, in... Just one guy. Just every time. He's there in <laughs> Enterprise, whenever there's a ship launched. And, yeah, he's yep. here in the future as well, so... It's good to know that Frank made it through the burn and through the 900-odd years. <laughs> but the the ships then, there's obviously the Voyager, which they they call out and they make a big fuss of. I like that it's kind of got the similar shape to the classic Voyager. Yeah, now, don't, you, I was really made up when we first went in here and there's all these new ships. It's, oh, we've got to get some lovely close-ups. And nope. then we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah. That I feel like this way about the whole episode to me, I think. Because I feel like, yeah, again, there's so much spectacle to it, but they don't zoom in on anything. And I feel like that continues on the plot. That, I felt exactly the same way. Like, if we're going to see the Federation, let's see the Federation. Let's see yeah, the new I, ships. I want to see... Yeah, like, I do. I want to see these new ships in, in close-up. Yeah. yeah. I want to um, see the details and... As we said, Discovery's uh, always been like this. Like It took loads of episodes before we got a really good shot of Discovery itself, never mind uh, a supporting yeah. ship. They even tease you in this episode where you get these gorgeous shots which you don't usually get the Discovery as it's going in. You think, oh, well, if they're doing these many close-ups on a ship, we know. Think about what they're going to do on the new ships. Nothing. It's like it's almost like they got to the final stage and they pussied out. It was like, well, yeah, but maybe we couldn't make it look as futuristic as we want to, you know. Like, I've I've watched a few things actually this week. Um, I've avoided avoided other review shows, which I tried to do before we do ours. Yeah, but I've watched a few on the new ships and um, the actual graphics on or the models of them aren't fully developed. The only fifty thousand polygons. Uh, so they haven't so... developed all the details. So we had the first one where Michael saw that where we saw them all blowing up, and that was a really low resolution. These are slightly more more formed, but they still haven't. It's almost as if they haven't finished by this stage of production of the episodes going out. Actually, finished all the models. Well, that's which so think not... would be the one thing they have enough time to do is add extra CG in post-production, well, but. But then if you don't intend on showing them up close, you don't need to do that. So I think it's... Uh, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to show off? Why well, exactly. We we want to but, see it, but it's a creative choice rather than a, a technical one, I no, think. No, let's be, let's be honest here. We are all sci-fi fans. That's one of the reasons that we love Star Trek. Yeah. And sci-fi fans love spaceships. Yeah. Show us the spaceships properly. This is it. And... <laughs> The, I go back I to, uh, I, like I had a, I had a, I loved it when they went in and there's all these ships had a, oh, awesome. And it left me really, it just brought me right back down when we didn't see them properly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say to Elliot, ships are porn. I, I get how much you dig the ship. Like, I, as disappointed as I was for myself, because I, I want to see the spectacle and want to see the new ships. I knew Elliot, no matter how crushed I was, you would be like 20 <laughs> times worse. Yeah. And I felt despondent and not to be able to see the detail. I even saw one thing, because you said about the shape of the Voyager, some article was trying to bullshit that it was like, oh, well, because they said it was the uh, 11th uh, 
Yeah, it's the 11th, 11th, 11th generation. Yeah. Like they said this article was trying to claim that it could be the same Voyager. It's like, no. no. When you put a different letter on it, it means a different ship. Yes, it the only does. Yeah. when we've ever had anything even close to that is when a ship's blown up and they've renamed another ship. But it, they don't just continue. They wouldn't refit it to an I. Like, you know, they yeah, the, no. the sort of um, hero ships... The registration becomes a hero number. The name and registration yeah. becomes Which... a hero. So the the um, keep using them together. Yeah. Which makes sense. Over and over, and, and it just had a letter on it. So like the Voyager was a really important hero ship. What it did. Yeah. So it makes sense that there'd then be a Voyager A no, and a Voyager B. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. That that's just... the same as the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen to every <laughs> ship. You don't see loads of these ABCs out there, but you do see... No, and we have had ships where the name has carried forward, but they've not done the lettering like the Defiant. There was a Defiant in TOS. Yeah, yeah that was um, weird. Uh, but, but I think that's to what Elliot's getting at. The Defiant in TOS didn't have a monumentous five-year mission or whatever. Oh, okay. so it wasn't a big hero ship. But then, where I'd imagine defi- the Defiant from DS9... That there will then be a defiant A, a defiant yeah, B, so. a defiant C, because that defiant was a hero ship, yeah, and and, and played a major important role, did important things. Now, did That's you did you spot or because to spot it you would have to be eagle-eyed, have a massive telly and binoculars, or did you read about the other ship that's registry you can make out in the flyby? I, I read about it, and I think it's a really nice touch that yeah. they've done. Excellent. No, it's and not really... Enterprise, is it? No, it's the USS Nog. Oh, And it's uh, classified as an Eisenberg-class ship. Right. Yeah, so... they've done it as a nice... I think that's a really nice tribute. Yes, I think that's lovely. I want to see the Uber Genois class ship. Yes, well, you there might have been, you might get one at some point. <coughs> that, that's the next thing we've got to sneak in because Rene Uber Genois, not only in uh, was he amazing, like if not my favorite, one of my favorites in DS Nine. Um, but he's a wonderful actor. He, he was yes, great he was. in so many other things as well. I, I think he would deserve such credit. Not saying not doesn't not try and take anything away from him, but I think he should get. Something. No, it'd be very nice yeah. if they they put something in there. Yeah, and speaking to the Enterprise, I'm wondering if the reason we haven't had a really good close up look, surely we've got to get the 32nd Century Enterprise at some point in this season, and maybe that's when we'll get a brilliant hero shot of all of it. I don't know. To make up to make up for how little we got of the Enterprise yeah. J when we got <laughs> Yeah, well I'm yeah. a big fan of the design of the Enterprise J, so um the Enterprise K could be a lot cooler looking, I don't know. Um so yeah, so that gets us through to actually landing, getting there. We don't quite get what I said I'd be up for last week, which is just an hour-long interview with everyone, but we did get little snippets, which was quite cool. Like, yeah. yeah, well, I thought that it did make a lot of sense that they, all, that they had to go through a debriefing. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, this is more to my point. I think the debriefing scene was great, but I would have appreciated... like. At least before they send them out again, refit the bloody ship a little bit. But, but yeah, we'll, this we'll is the thing because there's a bit where they react with horror, where he says, "We're going to requisition Discovery and start retrofitting it," and they go, "Ah!" And it's like, "No, it's a good idea. 
That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a leap of faith that because of what the discovery was, and it was a, such an experimental ship, all the blueprints got buried, so these iterations in it couldn't be re- recreated easily. Yeah. But that's a leap of faith. You could say there's some things uniquely on there which were never discovered. Yeah, exactly. I, I, will buy, I will give them that. But to say that it couldn't benefit from any refit before it goes on yeah. mission... Let's just, get, yeah, let's get... Well, I mean, uh, I'd imagine shielding technology is massively yeah. improved Quant- in 900 years. Weapons, get some quantum scanners, tractor beams. Yeah, absolutely. Even if they just give me a line where it says, okay, we, we get you're going to go off on this urgent mission now. But when you get back, let's rethink. I have a feeling that we will get that in an upcoming. I episode. think we will get some retrofitting. It, yeah, it'll be. Oh, I can't get used to these new scanners, but they are better. Or so, so I do, I do think we're going to come to that. But it was more the reaction to it, which just seemed overwrought. It's like, well, I I think yeah. um, I think I don't think they were overwrought actually about the thought of it being retrofitted. It was the fact that they were just going to requisition the ship off them. Yes, I can see that. But uh, but again, it, I'm kind of on... What did you call him, Squee? The... Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. Admiral, uh, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. I'm kind of on his side a bit here. Like, what did they expect? Of course he's going to want to take the ship in and look at it and debrief you all. And you're not necessarily all going to get assigned together. It's yeah. that's the way it I, works, you know. I loved the way Saru played it as well. It was really nice to have the usual impetuous Burnham. Yeah, she did get slapped down a bit by him saying, "It's like, did you learn nothing from last time?" Yeah, you know? I thought like, the dynamic. Yeah. Of course, we need to give a moment. Of course, we need to kind of like uh, respect what he's saying. He's the admiral. If we're going to be part uh, of Starfleet again, we have to play by some rules of stuff. Well, well, and, and it's like he says. He says Starfleet spent the best part of the 30th century fighting fighting a temporal cold war and basically because they've travelled through time yeah. they are they are all criminals yeah I mean it's not their fault because that law no it isn't their fault did but, it. but but yeah yeah absolutely I'm I can take the pragmatic approach to this and see that yeah it, all this stuff needs to be done and to come to the end of the episode you know, since we are jumping a bit about but I think they're very lucky that they let them assign all of them still on the ship. And the thing is, it's like Saru says, they're not just out there now. They're not autonomous. It, they are part yeah, of something they, bigger. The, they've, they've made a point that they want to rejoin Starfleet. Yeah. Uh, and Starfleet does reassign people. And yeah. the, the ship is Starfleet property. It isn't their ship. Yeah. They're assigned on that to that ship. No, and there should have been something about at least assigning. Like, I did appreciate you saw a couple of the uh, new Federation people on the bridge when yeah. they went out. But I think there should have been a bit more of that. There should have been like, okay, we get that your pilot, uh, she's been through a lot, but she, she, you know, we get that you want to keep her on. But at least sign her some, uh, like, okay, if she's going to do that, she has to have medical appointments. She has to yeah. have counseling. Like, there has to be some strict rules around this, at least. And we talked it's about... We talked about the counsellor or lack thereof last week. That's the first thing you want to be assigning now. Like you, the the admiral has outright said, you know, she's off the charts in terms of her stress level. <laughs> yeah, your whole crew's just starting to process this trauma. I'm going to assign you a counsellor who's going to keep an eye on your mental health and stress levels. And again, maybe we will get that next week. 
Um, that's why I'm, I'm, what I mean by if like, yeah, you had a deep like, party, you could have explored all that as you went. Yeah, doing it later sort of feels a bit tactical. I think that is is the first thing they would say. It wouldn't be ah, go off your mission, then we'll sort it out. Like, well, even though it was a time sensitive mission. Well, they put they did didn't. It was very uh, lucky that they arrived just at that time, with yeah. four hours before these people died, and they had the other ship in the galaxy that could actually do something to yeah. save them. Yeah, it's very. But that, but that's uh, that, but that's story writing, and it's very typical <laughs> of Star Trek that your hero ship and crew are the only people in the galaxy that could do it. Look at all the movies oh, yeah. <laughs> that we had from TOS movies. Oh, the Enterprise is the only ship in the quadrant. What, the only ship around Earth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think... I mean, sorry, before we go on with this tech, though, when we mentioned these ships outside and the fact that we didn't see much detail, I sort of feel like that about the Federation building as well. Mm. I didn't get... The one thing I wanted to feel was a kind of feel of something real. I get that it's all holograms and light. You know, they've used loads of um, tech in the future to make it so that you don't need as many physical things. But it just really felt, felt like Discovery, I feel like we're on something real. It just felt like something ethereal. I really want yeah. to get more of a feeling of something real to the Federation, something tangible. Uh, and where it's not on a planet, I need something, like just a bit I more... Think- when you're dealing with something as fantastical as science fiction is, you you do need something that grounds you and you need a sense of the geography of of where you are and what's going on. And I, I, I think you're right. I don't think we spent enough time on this new location to really, <coughs> excuse me, really get a sense of that. I mean, stupid, but just give me a desk. Give me something that's physical. Like, again, I know they want to show off that they've got loads of hologrammatic things yeah. and loads of force fields and stuff they can use. I get that. That's all wonderful, and I appreciate it sci-fi. But Next Generation, like uh, any, any of the other series, you have something physical. No matter how good the tech gets, they respected the fact that we wanted to see something that's tangible. And this still feels a little bit untangible, like, you know, inside and out, like the ships to the station. It just all feels like I can't put my... If I was there, I couldn't touch anything because there's nothing there. Yeah. And that loses something to me. Yeah, and I think it it will be very difficult to... If the show is going to stay in the 32nd century, which they've been adamant that it will, but we know that writers and creators lie so we can't <laughs> we can't take that as gospel but yeah I agree with it. I think it's going to make it difficult to keep this sort of nebulous idea of technology that's kind of organic and kind of holograms and all blah, blah, blah. and I think it's going to be very difficult to tell stories within that framework um, but I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong you know I want to there's, yeah. there's a reason why I just comment on works of great fiction rather than write it myself, so I'm happy to leave that <laughs> to them. I mean, there is, there is a possibility they want to make us feel so. Maybe they want to make us as the viewers feel as lost as the yeah. people in Discovery do. Like, if what? that's a story writing tool, and then later I get something more I can, I can feel like I can touch, I will appreciate the hell out of that. I can only... What? Comment on it though, right now is, is no, absolutely. Got. Yeah, to be fair, I think you make a good point there, Ian. That we're maybe on the same journey as the Discovery crew, yeah, of learning, learning about the future. So we're yeah. just sort of getting these. Wow, that's it. Uh, like when they saw the ships, wow, that one's got a holographic uh, 
shell. Yeah. That one's organic. And we're not seeing it massively. We're just getting that them glimpses and it's a bit like what the crew's getting and uh he's the uh star base but we've been uh tractor beam straight into it yeah we haven't got time to look at it and if if anything i wish like just like i'd seen as much as they did that's all i asked it would have been much more yeah they could have given us a couple of few screenshots they saw it could have been glimpsing views but just so we saw something in the ships yeah yeah Sending um, on the station just she but then they do say at the end like i don't feel like we're quite home yet so maybe that is what they're going for is we're not meant to feel cozy yeah we're, on, we're meant to be on the same yet. journey as the discovery crew yeah yeah we're, we're 900 930 years in the future and we're on a journey yeah. where we we're finding out about this we're discovering it all along with them I mean, it was yeah. wonderful when they had that moment when they said about uh, out of 350 or whatever it was, yeah. uh, Federation planets at its peak, we're now down to 32. Again, I'm trying to remember these numbers. Yeah, I think it, yeah something like I, that. I love that, but I like the fact there could be more out there. So I think that's really what we're going to see. It's like the Discovery is going to send places where we're going to find pockets of the Federation and rejoin them. And I think that's going to be a wonderful thing to see. I, I love Lowell. Yeah, Lowell. yeah. There are some certain snippets they've given out where I'm like, oh, that's a thing there, that's building to... Oh, and I think amazing. this episode is very much doing a lot of laying of groundwork for things that are going to be further developed. Um, obviously, there's the ongoing thing with the burn, which Michael sort of takes as a bit of a challenge at the end, like, I'm going to find you new evidence. and. Well, so. I think we've got a little bit of a clue this episode. Go on, then. With uh, the music, ah, you and I think it's and I think burn. it's something that only Discovery is capable of. Mm-hmm. Discovering that all these different species that are no longer in touch are all playing the same tune, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm wondering again. Like, I know that you, as you were just saying, James, uh, the the rise of all said we're definitely staying in the future and everything. There seems to be a lot of stuff here, which feels like a setup to something where they say about yeah. like. Uh, Temporal agents, and how do we know you weren't uh, like sent from the past to change the future? Yeah, and, and that seems all set up for a time travel shenanigans and, thing to me. Why well, are we at some at some point? I'm still adamant we have to have discovery go back in time because we have to fit in the events that happened in Calypso. True, yeah. but discovery has to. The crew don't necessarily have to, but. Um, yeah, it does feel like now, we're, basically they've set up Michael's mission statement at the minute is, I'm going to work out what caused the burn. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but to what end? Like, the Admiral makes a fair point, which is, we don't know, but we've got a lot more important things to be doing at the moment, you know. It'd be like if there was, I don't know, if there was suddenly a massive earthquakes all over the whole world and it devastated the world. Yes, we'd want to know what caused it, but it'd be more important that we rebuild things first, you know. And we look after the people who were left. Exactly. So dramatically, from a a storytelling standpoint, unless we're going to do something about the burn, it doesn't have a lot of dramatic heft. Heft, I don't think, just to find out what caused it. Unless 
it turns out that it's a big bad guy who caused it and they're coming back and they're going to do something else and we've got to stop them. Or the discovery have caused it something to do with the Red Angel. I I, I really don't want it to be that. I I will be so, so annoyed if the Red Angel suit travelling through the wormhole caused the burn. I I will be so annoyed if it's by Michael and only she can fix it. Yeah, I will. If it's if it's directly or indirectly caused by Michael, I'm not going to be happy. And it's not because I don't like Michael, it's that we've done that. We've done yeah. that story. There's Let... more people in the universe than Michael. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> I like the, the sort of interrogation scenes, the debrief scenes. They're largely good fun, largely played for laughs. And then we get David Cronenberg, which we knew he was coming, but it just just why? I, I don't get why you've hired David Cronenberg. You say why, but it was so good. <laughs> he, yeah, he's great. I thought he played that role absolutely he did, awesome. But, but who thought of it? Like, let's get yeah. David Cronenberg for this role. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, it works. Star Trek moments, like he is weird in it. He's he's so good, but he's so weird. It's perfectly him. Yeah. Like I think they must have sold it to him. Just like, right, this is the weirdest thing ever to be in Star Trek. We feel like you're the man. Yeah. Or it could be. It could be a game of one-upsmanship. Moan of the Earth. I could talk one-upsmanship with Star Wars because they had Werner Herzog playing a weird. Empire guy, so Star Trek's like, oh yeah, we can get weirder director. <laughs> yeah, we can do and, and a think, weirder like, character. Have, I think they could have enticed Cronenberg in by going, it's like Michelle Yeoh. Any questions? No, I'm good. Yeah, to that's fair answer. enough. Um, if you've yeah. seen, if he's any sort of Star Trek fan, which I'm guessing to take this up, he probably is. Yeah, I, I don't know that, but my guessing is like, if he's seen that character and he's given the option of playing against that character with Michelle Yeoh, who's amazing, and yes. the character is amazing. I think that would have been the law for him. I don't think that would be too difficult of a sell for someone who no. enjoys the weird fringe kind of characters. Yeah, definitely. And do we think this guy's the future Section 31 then? That's clearly yes. what we're meant to think. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was re-watching, I was trying to see in the combat which um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, sorry, what's that? Uh, uh, Giorgio. Yeah. When, when Giorgio smashed it, I was trying to see if we saw any signs of a... The Section 31 badge underneath, because I think that's what she's found. I think we're going to find out later. He's Section 31, yeah. and that's what she found it, in the middle of it. I just don't think we were shown it because they're trying to tease us out, which is fair. Yeah. That's a good kind of teaser. Yeah. That, that certainly um, seems to be what they're queuing up here, and I think it will be... It, it'll work either way, because if he is Section 31, that's what we're expecting, fine. If he's not, then it's like, oh, well done, you filled us, you made us think it was Section 31. Um, yeah, there's there's so no well downside done. to that. Yeah. So that's good. How about the blinking holograms to death? Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan myself. No, I wasn't a fan. I was yeah. thinking like, okay, so there maybe had holograms in the Turin Empire, which would be like 900 years in the past here yeah. anyway. So even if she knew how to disable them then, surely the technology had moved on beyond that. Yeah, surely it's... some surely somebody had had been doing that 
and have gone, oh, there's a problem there. Oh, we'll just uh, alter this slightly so that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and, you know, was the Doctor in Voyager susceptible to this? Because he should have been blinking out all over the time when people, you know, when, like, you know, Kez were batting her eyelids at him in the early seasons. Yeah. He, it, yeah, it just seems a weird one. I mean, obviously... It's there to show us how cool Giorgio is and she's always the smartest person in the room and she's always one step ahead. And, you know, this yeah. shows that, but it does so in a silly way for my money. I mean, I didn't mind... I wouldn't mind if it was a tech thing because I, I would buy that possibly the Terran Empire was so ahead of us and there was something... Like, you know, when uh, things move on generationally, there's mm-hmm. some bugs which maybe don't get taken out. Yeah. Like, you know, if she had a device and went... Ping, 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 ping. Like, you know, something like that, I wouldn't have minded. I don't know why I'm going ping, 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 ping. That's the least that's what, noise that, that's what your hollow <laughs> destroyers do. Yeah, yeah, they go ping. We all know yeah. it. But uh, I don't, I wouldn't mind if it's that, but blinking disabling them. I think they might have fixed that bug. Yeah. yeah. But then having said that, this is the Star Trek universe where Kirk can destroy computers by just asking them a couple of questions. So, the <laughs> yeah, Star- this is true. Star Trek technology doesn't always move with the times. Like, why doesn't Data have Wi-Fi? It just <laughs> it, it, the, there's so many occasions oh, where they get yeah. captured that Data could just go and open the cell door and stuff. If if only you had Wi-Fi. The best thing is the next generation, where like you know, or like any of the treks of that time, it's when like we we can pitch envisage all the knowledge of the universe being on a pad, we couldn't envisage them not me- needing more than one of those. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they used to give people reports, like, here's 50 reports for you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But anyway, yeah. So, but yeah, the blinking thing, I, I mean, I get what they're going for as a character beat, but it, it just seemed a bit too silly for me. Um, but I do like her interaction with this new character and that. I like what that's potentially setting up. I like um, we do get that thing where Michael's kicking off and everything, and she basically says, "Well, we'll steal the information and we'll go off and do it." And, and Saru's like, "No, we bloody won't." Yeah, and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, Saru so, so is more understanding of the the situation. The yeah. I mean, we'll get on to it, but his speech later was fantastic. Like, I thought it was so well pitched. The only thing I didn't saw for me, I thought the reasons for him not going with the ship, like, you know, someone has to stay behind. The captain, is that really, you know, maybe even if they had it, just like, just a, sometimes it can just be a few extra lines of dialogue to give us good reasoning. That's all I want. Mm. So I would just loved a bit where it was like, um, oh, you know, maybe... Burnham volunteering to stay behind and then them going, no, 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 we'll keep your captain. Take, you know, even if they... Yeah, yeah. yeah because she, like, let's be fair, that would be in keeping ship. with her character. Yeah. That I, she's always sorry. the one that wants to do everything. Yeah, but then she'd want to go on the mission. But, but uh, no, I did buy that because I thought from Saru's perspective, he's probably thinking they're not going to go for this if it's anyone but me. Um, yeah. So that okay. that that's what I where I, I thought it was coming from. Yeah, I, I think Saru is very grounded and understands the situation perfectly. And, and I think that the in, so he knew that yeah, I have to be the one to stay. I get it, but just a little bit of him for me feels like 
it's it's sort of a callback to my problem last week when Ben and you know, or a few weeks ago when Ben and uh, Saru were having a discussion about or not having the discussion about who gets chair. Of course, you're bloody not. It's his, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's in the same way. It feels like him uh, giving up his captaincy like that, and I I just don't. I yeah. think he would appreciate he is the captain of the crew and his job is to be on that bridge. If someone then says, we will not let you go if you don't stay behind, that for me is a little bit neater. Yeah, I can, I can see yeah. it both ways. He has I to be a captain at some point. I don't think it would have hurt to, like you say, have had a little bit of additional motivation to it. Um, but it, it worked for me. Um, yeah, it, it worked for me, to be fair. But I can see... Awful. I can see from Saru's point of view, and he also he knows that Michael can get the job done, and he knows that it'll get the Admiral on side if he stays there. So yeah, there was just enough for me, but yeah, it wouldn't yeah. have hurt, like you say, a little bit, a little bit more. I mean, uh, for me, it's just from good to better. It's not yeah, about yes, bad. Yeah. I just think that's better for me. Like, just you know, again, he's got to at some point realize he is the captain and be the captain. Yeah, and this is where then. The B plot or the A, well, I suppose it's the B plot. To me, the A plot is all the stuff with Starfleet and this little mission that they go on is kind of a B plot. And I think, I don't think the weighting of the episode is right for this. I don't think this needed as much screen time as it got. And and it also shoehorns on in all this stuff with Nan, which it, it's the same thing as they did with Arian last season where... All of a sudden, we start to find out a lot more about this character and they're getting fleshed out and then she's gone by the end of the episode and it, it flat-footed me. Like, I, I didn't well, see it coming that this was going to be her last episode. Well, and I was thinking, I'm not this sure is great, if, if um, Starfleet will even allow her to do that. They seem to have done. Well, they seem to have for now, but will they send the ship to get her off? Because, like, <laughs> they, had all the, they had the whole crew in questioning... <laughs> And they've only let them go on this mission True, to save yeah. lives. And suddenly she's taking it on herself to go do another mission. Yeah, and now... <laughs> and I was, like, like, what were the Starfleet security officers, that, uh, the company Discovery, doing here? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Just leave her behind to look after the seed bank. We know nothing about you. She refused any information in her yes, interrogation. <laughs> you, she was you new to your crew, and now that. she's looking after the seed bank. <laughs> yeah, and this was something I wasn't entirely clear on. It, so they had the guy on the, the seed ship, and his, his family had died. And Nan sort of had this thing where she says... Um, Oh, uh, we don't see death the same way, but that's not really expanded upon. It's kind of, what, what do you mean you don't see it the same way? Like, you, you don't think people who are dead are dead? Like, I don't, I, it, it just never, they never really, they, they just sort expanded of said on that. that. And yeah. then we had to go, oh, okay, yeah, they don't see it the same way. But when you try and think it through logically, like, well, how do they see death then? Do they see it as not permanent? But it clearly is because they're talking round by saying you've got to let go of them now. So I, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I, I think they managed to. They were trying to cram in a lot in there. I think yeah. that, again, this is why for me you make this a two party. Yes, I think you're better. right. Well, you could have explained it a lot better. And well, um, you I, maybe you maybe actually develop your characters as the show goes along instead of deciding. Oh, 
we're getting rid of her, but we better let the audience know a bit about her so we'll like tell it all in half the episode. Well, this is the thing, I mean, if next week all of a sudden we start learning a lot about Bryce, we're going to be like, oh, I'm not so sure about what's going to happen with Bryce now. (laughs) For for one thing, I just want to call bollocks on that line. It's like, when was the last time you were home? Now is the last time. No, no, no. When was the last time is what I'm asking. Yeah. Don't just say something which sounds like it should mean no, something. See, see, I thought that was... Maybe I'm reading the line wrong, but she, she said, when was the last time you heard your own language? And she says, now, now is the last time. And I thought what she was saying is, this will be the last time I hear my own language because I'm never... I can't see myself ever going back to my own planet. So... Literally, me happening upon yeah, people speaking well, it is going to I be got, the last I time. I got the impression, because she was shocked when she found out a species had joined Starfleet. Yeah. She said that her family was disappointed in her for joining Starfleet. Yeah. So I, I get the impression that she was almost couldn't go home. So from no, what I, she I said, so when she said, I'm hope this, when was the last time now? And it's almost like she's really... She was never expecting to be home again. I, I will buy both your explanations, but to me it sounded like one of those bullshit writer lines where they hear a line in their head, it sounds cool, <laughs> and they write it down. And like, if anyone stopped and went, by the way, what does this line mean? Never mind, it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I read it differently, but um, the other bit then, that the, this is the bit that made no sense to me, is that, so they get the guy, uh, they talk him down, and it's only Michael who can talk him down because, of course, it is. Sure. Um, well, this is second week running where Culber has said yes. that Michael is the only one who can do something. And it's like, no, she's bloody not. <laughs> she, she's. We've had two seasons of her showing what an emotionless piece of stone she is. <laughs> Why do you suddenly think she's the most emotionally geared up person to deal with these situations. And, and Mr. Colbert, what, where was the guy from last week who was counselling everyone? Why is he suddenly not here? Yeah, it's, yes, again, it's a weird one. Uh, but yeah, so she talks him down. So they're like, we need to beam this guy back to Discovery. Um, and then they're like, oh, but he don't want to go. So Michael and Nan have this bit of an argument saying, oh, so we've got to put the Federation first, though. So it's like, so so what, if you leave this guy here, what is the implication that he's not going to carry on looking after the seeds or something? And then Nan goes, well, I'll stay instead. And it's like, well, yeah, that, how does yeah. that solve the dilemma? I don't understand it. So well, it, he had to go back to Discovery for medical attention. Yeah. Because of the radiation. Right. But the way Nan but, acts is like the only way he can leave is if I stay. And it's like, well, no, that's... And then it, the, Michael's acting like if we don't take him off this ship, then we lose the seed ship. Uh, look, no, you don't. It's just that he'll have it as a weird mausoleum to his dead family, but it, surely he's still doing his job. And it, I just don't feel like that, What whatever the yeah. dilemma was, I don't yeah. feel... And anybody, you know, please correct me if I've... I've only watched the episode twice. Oh. Maybe I've not... Genuinely, I was hoping you two could explain that to me because it lost me. I thought I must have missed something on both. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like... 
an excuse to write to write nine off if that's what has happened. Yeah, and it appears that's what happened has happened. I mean, if but it, if like it, I've it, said, I don't think I don't think the security officers that accompanied Discovery, like why they stayed on the ship and didn't go go across to the seed bank yeah. with them anyway. I don't understand, or at least one of them, to see what was they did on this away mission. I mean, if it, if it's been, like, what what were they actually doing there? Yeah, like if it had been something like um, this guy, the phase thing has made it so he's now interfaced with the ship, and only Baz and DNA can do it. And he'll die if we don't get him off the ship. But if we do take him off the ship, the seed ship will die because it needs Baz and DNA. Something like that. Then Nan could have been like, oh, well, if I stay, it can link to me. And if there'd have been something to make it necessary that she stayed there. But yeah, it, it's, it, and, it's, and even, like, it, it's almost like they were using the fact that the, the environmental controls are set for Bazan. So his family could be there. But others, other species had looked after yeah, this station. Surely you just go, oh, let's alter the environmental controls, like we've seen many times in Star Trek for different quarters and, and that. It was yeah. the, it was the thing of well, we could lose the ship. Like no, the, I don't well, I mean, see I any scenario the environmental where that controls. You could flange it so that. It's been cut off from the Federation because the length of distance, so it hasn't got as many upgrades. And there's, you know, we can't monkey about with environment as we usually would. I, I could justify that. But for me also, can I just add one other sin which this scene does? If I have to hear from Burnham one more fucking time that she has, she has to bring up every episode... A year ago, I might have talked to you out of this, but now I'm going to in case I haven't mentioned it the last five minutes. Can yeah. you stop saying, we get it. It's a year later. Show us in the writing, not in her literally saying an on-the-nose phrase every time. Yeah. And, right cleverer. And they have this really emotional sort of farewell to each other. And it's like, have you, have you two even spoken to each other prior to this episode? Like... I don't... Um, I'm sure they have. Not a great deal. But it's not... Like, why she Nan, what, Nan wasn't there much. No. It, it's How a, long has Nan been on Discovery? She, five days? No, she came in at the start of season two. She came up. She, right. she came on with Pike, and I think she's been right. there throughout. Um, and plus, but, also, just... Um, Burnham says, you're giving up your career to do this. For one thing, she is directly taking a mission. She, she may yeah, have self-imposed it, but she's directly taking a mission. They've just confirmed that uh, her race is now part of Starfleet. So if she returns home, she could still be part of Starfleet. There is nothing from stopping her joining another ship. There is no justification why in any grounds it means the end of her career. No, well, technically, like yeah. I say, she's still doing a job for Starfleet. So And she's on a Starfleet ship. Yeah. And this <laughs> it's right. The next week, they, you know, Admiral Daddy Bear, like in his first act, Silver Daddy Bear, sorry, calls in someone like security into the office goes, by the way, I changed my mind about that thing. Go and remove her. Oh, it's just they get there and those guys have beamed her back over, the security guys on Discovering. So, well, they tried to leave her there. And uh, no, because she was sassing us earlier on when we were trying to debrief her. Yeah. 
And yeah, so no. So yeah, I didn't understand whatever kind of dilemma they were trying to build up about this guy. It, maybe I missed something. Um, I think it. We all missed if you did. I think it worked on an emotional level. Like, if you just gloss over it and you just go with the feelings of it, yeah, fine, it it works. But it it falls apart as soon as you start looking at it, or it certainly seems to. Um, That's the thing. I don't, I don't mind the fact that Discovery puts emotion before kind of like tech, and that's fine. I don't have a problem. But still, you have to have things make sense. Yeah. Know? Like, you know, it can't just be emotion over logic. No. And usually, usually Discovery's really good with that, but this plot just didn't feel fleshed out, didn't feel thought out. And I, I yeah, it, it, it's sort of like they needed something, a reason for. Discovery to go on the mission very quickly. Yeah. To a far off distance that they couldn't reach to prove themselves. Yeah. And it was like, it's it's sort of like, right, part A, Discovery goes on the mission. Part C, Discovery comes back having finished the mission. What about part B? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could have been. It didn't need all this stuff with Nan and with the guy who's phased and with and the family. And there's so much going on in that. It they could have got there, and there was a big beastie on the ship, and they managed to deal with the beastie, and they get the thing, bish bash bosh. And you know, I, yeah, I don't think it had enough time to breathe this storyline. Yeah, if if they were going to get rid of Nan, yeah, like. Give her, a, give her some goods. Like, let her get killed by someone. They could have had her die in the second episode, couldn't they? By then, yeah, guys I in think, the bar. She could I have accompanied Saru and Tilly. Mm. And, and when the guy put, and the guy could have pulled his gun because she was security officer, getting all tough. He could have pulled his gun and just killed her on the spot. A oh, great it's... meaningless step in the uh, true nature of Star Trek, like Tasha Yar. Yeah. It's going to be evil death, yeah. I mean, I, I think what they're doing, though, is they're purposely leaving things out there to, if they want to come back to me. Yeah, I and I've no problem I, with I don't think this alive. is the end of Nan, to be fair. No, I don't think, I think that's why they haven't killed her. But to me, I mean, to your point, I think after we've seen the, us return to the Federation, after we've seen all these ships, which we want to explore more, then to go somewhere else felt a bit like a cheat, or like, why are we going to care about this thing more than... Yeah. what the Federation is now. That, of course, is going to be the thing we're going to care the most about. So anything, any other story you chuck into this is never going to grab our attention. Well, I think it should have been something around that, the Federation or the Federation... I think the biggest... I think, stuff. like, when we come back, sort of in another eight weeks' time when we're getting to the end of this season, this is going to be a really pivotal episode and it's going to be from on this seed ship it's that bit of music that they heard yeah. that the kids were playing. And I think this is going to be something really important. And the Admiral said, if you find a clue that the rest of us have missed, mm. and it's this, that, right, we've got Adia, Adria. Adira. Adira has uh, been playing on the cello this tune. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we've got this um, Bazan family listening to the same lullaby for the kids. Yeah. And yeah. I said last the, week... These people shouldn't be in love. touch anymore. No. It, I wonder, this idea of 
if the music is a clue to something that's been left there by someone, it reminds me of that species from the TNG episode, The Chase, where they've left the DNA in yeah. all the different species. And it, it maybe whoever caused the burn has left a clue of how to fix it. Because that's the other thing. It Michael can work out what the burn is, and we don't have to go back in time and fix it, but what she could do is, or what Discovery, what the, the show can do, is go, okay, we know what's caused it. We now know how to stop it from ever happening again. And all of a sudden, warp drive becomes viable again. And... Discovery can go to other places and bring more dilithium back, and that could be how we rebuild the Federation. But, but yeah, the only thing with the music is, is it a little bit too? And it all Battlestar Galactica. Very Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> but the Battlestar Galactica, it worked because there was a an underlying sort of spiritual element to all of it. Yeah, and I thought that worked beautifully in Battlestar Galactica, and. I don't know if it'll work here, if it is a spiritually thing, but I don't think it will yeah. be. I we, think it'll we be an alien thing. No, I agree. I, I don't think we want Star Trek <laughs> to be spiritual. It's had some sort of faux religion in it with the great bird of the galaxy and everything, but that's it. It's never felt like a spiritual journey. It's a scientific journey, and that's yeah. what's important. Like, Star Trek shows us what's possible through science and through yeah. the work of man. Like, our generate our um, exploration are learning all the science, are learning about the universe. Like, that's spiritual yeah. enough. It's, the science is spiritual. Yeah, I mean, my my theory is that whoever caused the burn left this music here on different worlds as a clue to something. <laughs> that, that's as yeah. far as I'm willing to go at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was... Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm still sticking with um, Q... Be responsible and yeah, and he's playing a he's playing games. See that would work because Q did give Picard clues in all good things to solve it. Yeah, so. I mean to to fit in with Discovery, I think we need to see a pretty dark Q though, like a darkest. Well, yeah. it doesn't have to necessarily like I think John Delacey because um, we had him in Lower Decks, but it doesn't necessarily have to be him. It's we know there's other Q out there. Oh yeah. But like, if you have John Delancey, you just have him. I think it. I I think he can. He's got the chops and the performance to do a darker version. Maybe have some flashes of comedy, but I think you concentrate on this darker aspect. Yeah, yeah. And if he's putting, it would be more fitting with the show. If he's putting humanity on trial again, it can. It can definitely do that. Well, so is it necess- Is he necessarily putting humanity on trial? Like we always assume Star Trek that we're the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. But perhaps there's been uh, some other species off in another part of the galaxy or, another, or even another galaxy. Yeah, it could be. And, and uh, they've stopped the, their, the dilithium working because of what they're doing. And the side effect is that he hasn't just stopped the dilithium working where they are. He's literally gone all dilithium. Mm. So he's... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm willing to We could literally we be a side it. effect of something else. But then, then it sort of makes it feel like this whole story is a side effect. I, I think you have to put us in the heart, like our crew in the heart of it. So, like, even if it's the Federation, maybe he's put a war on as opposed to just Earth. I think that works to your point. Yeah, yeah. There's there's another theory that's out there at the moment, and they're saying, um, could it be the Sphere Builders? 
Oh, from Thingy, from Enterprise. From Enterprise. Because they keep throwing out these clues and they keep being adamant about it. Like, the burn happened 100 to 120 years ago. The burn happened 120 years ago. Um, We spent the 30th century fighting the Temporal Cold War and they're making all these references to the Temporal Cold War. Is the burn either... Being punished for the temporal cold war, or is it an after effect of the temporal cold war? Yeah, I mean, let's face it that that line which uh, the admiral said about uh, when they were sorry, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. I mm-hmm. sorry, Daddy Bear, I didn't mean to mistitle you, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. I think when he was saying about them basically being criminals just by being there, I think that was very telling. Yeah, that for me, put the focus directly on it, that yeah. that's going to be part of the, part of everything. I think you're right, yeah. It is Some one cold then. Is yeah, it's either, it's either a side effect of the temporal cold war, or, as I've, I think part of my theory is, Q is literally punishing them yeah, for the temporal cold war, so he's gone, and they've gone, sod this, you're not going out there anymore if this is what you do. You've <laughs> caused that much potential okay. damage. I'm stopping you. But you've also got the option that, like, if you think about Discoveries just after Enterprise before the original series, I think where it fits in the timeline, it fits with maybe, because they're not saying the Temple Cold War anymore, they're calling it the Temple War. Yeah. And I I think maybe that is the evolution. Maybe it was a Cold War before, then it just went all out. After, like, what Archer did to stop the Cold War, it became a bit more explicit, and and that would fit in with the timing of it happening when Discovery was up if you like at the plate i'm gonna put it out there now then we're finally gonna find out who future guy from enterprise was and it could be admiral <laughs> silver daddy bear <laughs> i would love nothing more is all i'm gonna I, say i um, would i would actually love it. it doesn't have to be him but if they did explain that that plot point for if, enterprise that never got wrapped up if if they did that and made it work i think that would be just wonderful it, yeah. it'd, it'd be like when uh, they did that that really short Doctor Who short episode where they brought Paul McGann back, and it was like oh. you finally filled in that missing piece that's been bugging people for years. And, and they added a new piece in by doing it. <laughs> yes, it yeah. Incredible. And you could do the same thing here. And it'd, ju- it'd just be a lovely thing to do. Reminds me of what Grant Morrison used to say when he talked about Batman and the kind of something crazy stuff in his history. He said, "All I could do was try and imagine that all of it happened. Like yeah. so you had this." crazy young bachelor who had these wacky adventures including there was a laughing competition between the joker and robin like he, he had this young eccentric stage and then he had a bit more of a gritty stage like and everything happened even bat might he reclaimed yeah he actually would look for the most obscure hated batman characters and try and justify them like you know how do i make this good <coughs> And it's almost like, I don't want to insult anyone who was a fan of uh, Enterprise. It had its moments, but it wasn't the best for me. I think that's what they could do here. They yeah. could actually justify, like, they could have, how that could have been good. How, yeah, exactly. They, they can take something that wasn't great and do something great with it, which would be very interesting. Um, last thing then, uh, well, last thing that's on my mind, but um, Giorgio in a weird trance. Any theories? No. When she was being interviewed by uh, David Cronenberg, it mentioned that they'd um, identified a genetic flaw in the Terrans and they could potentially kill them through it. And I wonder if he's done something to her 
like Georgia was dismissive of it that oh you're throwing up a made up um, yeah. illness here that uh, that that doesn't exist. Now he didn't come across to me that he actually made things up. No, that he came across to me that no, I that he does tell the truth. It maybe doesn't tell you everything, but. He was very switched on, and he knew not to lie to her. Yeah, yeah, no, he struck before he started interviewing her. I really like that, and for me, actually, the good thing about that is I've got a different take. I'll do in a sec, but what I love about that idea is while she's doing her blinking shenanigans, he's doing the blink on her. Like he he's doing another game to control her. Maybe he did something through something in the room, something with his glasses. Like he mentioned his glasses a lot. Maybe they somehow sent a signal. Yeah, why oh. why are you wearing glasses? And oh, it's like blink. I think they make me look intelligent. Her blinking yeah. out the holograms did something to her. He knew I mean, she was going to do something like that, and which would then nicely retcon how ridiculous it is <laughs> taking the holograms out while blinking at I, them. I just think maybe like yeah, again, it's like it's just a, a shadow of what she's doing while well, she's doing that, and she thinks she's so clever and in charge. Future section thirty one, which I'm going to say, I think he is. Yeah, I think she, he's playing the same game with her, and she doesn't. Yeah, even, he's actually outsmarted her. I think that she. It, uh, I mean, for me, I just thought that he got in her head. I, I, I kind of now really want it to be what Elliot's saying, but I think they were just showing that he got in her head, and I think that's going to maybe lead to the section thirty one show if we ever see it. Mm. It's going to be maybe the set future section day one. This will be very nicely saying now. Now, if the section thirty one show is Michelle Yeoh and David Cronenberg, it just got orders of magnitude cooler than it was before. (laughs) Take all my money right now and make that show, Jack. Because you're talking about David Cronenberg's possible, like, being in a Star Trek and whatnot, and I have heard a theory that The Fly is a prequel to Star Trek because it's the first version of the Transporter, but obviously it didn't work because it had a bug in it. But, I mean, I just, I do kind of love the idea that, I mean, even if he just guest appeared every now and again, he's this kind of, like, not faceless, obviously, because we've seen his face, but you know what I mean? This mysterious yeah. figure at the head of Section 31, he just appears every few episodes to yeah. stir the pot a bit. And, you know, the rest that. of the time it's Giorgio and um, the rest of the Section 31 crew, whoever that is. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. But I think he's, I think he's done so, he's, I think he's done something to Giorgio. And I don't know what he's done, but he mentioned that he, the, uh, they knew about a genetic thing that they could do with the Terrans now. And I don't think he was bullshitting her at all. But I think he was telling her straight up the yeah. truth. I he's can manipulate you. He's, yeah. he's definitely manipulated him on her on some level, whether that's physical, whether it is something a bit more kind of like yeah. what he's done to her. But uh, yeah, he, he's definitely there to shake her up. Yeah. And I'm interested Again, to see how that... Again, no one else does. And yeah. you can have someone do that, make a David Cronenberg. Yeah. That's it. He's the first person who's got a, a reaction out of her. He's the first person who's managed to make her behave in a way that she doesn't want to behave in. Like everyone else, she's been in command of it all. So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. I um, yeah. saw her haunted when she was walking away from Michael. She bra- brazen it out, then she looked... I've never seen Michelle Yeoh, I don't think, in anything give that level of despair in no, anything. No, it's going to be really interesting. So I think we've covered just about all of it, but any last points? 
the Renaissance. We've got to, oh, we've got to mention yes, the Renaissance. Like I know, I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but just that was perfect. I think that is one of the most, the best plotted thing that that the Federation had to go into triage mode, and that was sensible. But they got stuck in it, and mm. this Admiral, he has been raised. Probably knowing only the Federation in triage mode, but he was raised on stories, I'm guessing. I'm guessing they were all still raised on stories yeah. when the Federations were explorers. And they it's still in the DNA of what Starfleet is and still in their memories, you know, generationally. Yeah. But they've never seen it. So when someone comes along and promises this with a very nifty speech, again, this speech, I didn't mind so much and it worked a bit better for me. Of course, you know, he is sold in that because that's what he's always known the Federation's meant to be, but it's never been in his lifetime. Yeah, so that was, no, that was yeah. brilliant. Beautiful. Now, I'd like to see, because there was this whole thing of we can't verify it and we can't do that, which is all Spock's fault, by the way. So, well done, Spock. You stitched them all up there. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to see some form of cameo from one of the other shows come out, like whether Pike's recorded a log or whether Spock's recorded a log mm. that's been sealed away somewhere and and somehow they, they find it, whether they've sealed it for 930 years so it can't come out until later on or whatever else it might be. And we get a little... We could end the entire series on the holodeck on the Enterprise <laughs> yeah. with Riker and Troy. <laughs> It used to be you could have anyone handing over to another show. Now, any new Star Trek show has to have Riker and Troy guest appearing. Yes, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Riker's obviously going to swoop in in the last episode of this season and save Discovery, so... <laughs> what, you thought I was going to stay in my century making pizzas? No, yeah. I'm here now. No, I'm, I, I can save people in live action, in animation, and in the future. <laughs> So there we yeah, go. I, mean, I, I, I actually, I wouldn't mind if somehow they justified, and they would have to justify it, but they had a uh, a hologram somehow of like, Riker. A Riker hologram. It's Will Riker, the 17th of his name. <laughs> and he turns on his <laughs> Riker I. Yeah, the Riker I, yeah. Oh, dear. An emergency I, command I, hologram like, based on Riker. I, I have no problem with... Uh... Jonathan Drake, if he wants to be in Discovery. No, I but don't. I think I think they'd probably be best have him as a different character, put him in makeup, make him an alien, but so they can have him in there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in for long. Doesn't have to have lines, but actually let him be in Discovery because he's been in all the rest of them. Yeah, why not? I'm sorry. Now, now I've thought of it. You have to have the emergency Riker hologram. Yeah, the emergency Riker hologram. <laughs> that can do anything. No, the emergency. The emergency cameo hologram, sorry, I said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, no, I, I do think they've, they've landed this pretty well. I, I just think maybe some stuff could have been fleshed yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, some I, stuff, yeah. I want to say before we, we finish uh, off on this one, I enjoyed this episode a lot more than it probably sounds like I did because we, it has fallen apart under scrutiny, but as an hour of TV, I really enjoyed it, and I got a lot out yeah. of it, and it, it hit a lot of the right notes for me. Um, I, To be honest, I'd not thought of it as critically as this until we did this podcast, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> but Yeah, I think uh, having these talks, you do tend to, we do tend to find these things yeah. out. But I still think I mean, it, it was a decent episode, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I was genuinely there, like, at moments. Like, e everything I've set aside, when I saw them going into um, Starfleet headquarters, 
I was like just holding onto the seat, just like wow, yeah. just that moment was so powerful. And I said I won Federation, I got it. I just want to feel a bit more. Of yeah, it, you know? well, but it doesn't mean that that didn't hit home to me. No, and I I joke about Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, and I will call him that for the rest of his appearances, but. He was stunning in that role. I think just to have him so hard and, and then to have him soften. Yeah, no, he was great. To be reminded, for him to be reminded what Starfleet is, you know, I think he'd forgotten and I think he had to be reminded by Saru. That's where that lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to know when Discovery's going to get their new uniforms. Well, maybe yeah, they'll let them keep now, the old ones. Well, I'd like that next, like, I've, I've deliberately not watched a trailer for the next episode and all that. I've, I've deliberately not this time because I like the surprise when I watch it. But I'd like um, that I think the Admiral's going to send them on another mission. Hmm. He's going to let them stay together. going to test them out. I think we might get some new crew members. Yeah. Because I, like I, I don't think he'll let them go without having some of his people on board. And I think that's another reason why you lost that crew member this week. Is yes, so they yeah, yeah. We're getting a... Like, we got the... It's any security chief over. So I think she could become their new security yeah, chief. That, yeah, that works. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't one for one. Point. But I'd also like to think that they will do some of the retrofitting to Discovery. Yeah. We're sending you out there and... You need better shields. You need better weapons to yeah, deal with what's out like, there. It's fair enough. You can get <laughs> anywhere you want quicker than all of us, but you're not geared up to deal with what's out there well, when you get one there. One shot from a raider almost took them down. Yeah. yeah. It, shields, so yeah. It'd be like if the the Navy's out on patrol or whatever the Navy does and a really good, and I'm talking a good Viking longship pulls up and they go oh, we want to join the British Navy. They go, okay, but, you know, they're not going to go, right, off you go then, lads, you know, in your, yeah. your wooden boat. It's, you know, we'll, we'll give you yeah. a little outboard to put on back at very least, you know. And I want to see that. Why not? Like, again, you know, you're in the far future. You can show us a whole new set of tech. Why not enjoy that? Why not have some minds with it? Like, yeah. I, I can't believe they don't want to do that. Apart from, well, you know, like I, I said, I don't think that there were against the retrofit, I think they were against being requisitioned and the crew yeah, taken off yeah, and yeah. broken up is the problem. I don't think they have any any problem with Discovery getting retrofit. No, true. We'll see anyway. We'll find out next And hopefully week. they'll hopefully. do the uh, Stamets computer so we don't need him to drive the spa drive. Oh, yeah, we're going to get there. So um, Kayla can go, ha, I am the pilot, told you. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll find out what happens next week then. Um, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com or you can come and join us on Facebook. Tell us what you thought about that episode, what you think about our crazy theories, what you think might be coming up next week. Do you have any crazy theories? Absolutely. We're always willing you, to... You, we could be playing this banner for you next week. <laughs> Absolutely. Let us know. And uh, if I might just shameless plug, uh, this Thursday is the first episode on the Bear Radio. Like the Bear Radio has just launched a brand new radio station for my ma- my mate Al Galpin. 
and uh, the first radio show of the Dr. Squeeze show is going to be on from 9 till 11. It's going to be uh, the usual vibe that it's going to be a pre-recorded interview with live music and chat around it. Uh, but um, this week we've got a live guest, uh, Com Sense Regan, who's an author, double for David Tennant and Doctor Who. He's a musician. He does like, everything basically. So awesome! That sounds cool. So, yeah, put, do a link. Put a bit of, put a link to it on the on our Facebook group so that people can see Thank where you. it is and, and everything. Yeah. But um, if people want to download the, the Bear Radio app, that's uh, available to download now. Excellent. Awesome. So, Will, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we will see you next time on the retrack. Thank you. Bye-bye.